Hi, friends. Welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. On this podcast, we introduce you to the women of Christ Chapel Bible Church. We love being encouraged to live out our faith in Jesus by hearing the stories of women in our church community. We are so glad that you're here. Hey, everyone. This is Misty Denman, along with my great friend, Caroline Pierce, who you have probably heard on this podcast before. It's our second time to get to do an episode together, so I'm so excited um, to be here once again. I um, am going to tell you we're going to do something a little different today, flipping the script. So today, Caroline is going to ask a majority of the questions to me, and I'm going to tell you this right now as we prepared for this, that I realized it is far harder to be the guest on an episode than it is to be um, the host. So I have a lot of apologies to do, I think, to all of the people that I have interviewed before who I've said, this is no big deal. Why are you nervous? So anyway, I'm a little more nervous than I normally am just because I realize this is so much harder. But before I give the mic over to Caroline to ask questions, we are going to start as we often do with the question, what's something that is bringing you joy right now? Well, Misty, glad to be here. Lately, something that's been bringing me joy is that I've been on an indoor soccer team. I know, with a bunch of friends of mine, all from the West Campus, really, and mm-hmm. we've been doing it for quite some time. Mm-hmm. But I got back in recently after having the baby, and I'm back, and it's really fun. We play once a week. It's like an opportunity to work out, you know, get moving, stuff like that. Also, it's hilarious to watch, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s out on yeah. the soccer field trying to relive their glory days. Okay. I have heard that indoor soccer, I've never watched it, but I've heard that it is a workout and you run like without stopping. You run fast and hard. I mean, it's a workout. I'm sore every single week. Wow. But it's super fun. It's brought me a ton of joy. We just laugh and have the best time. That sounds fun. fun. Yeah. The only thing I know about indoor soccer is my husband played one time in college and he played about an hour after he had gone and filled up on Taco Bell and that didn't end well. (laughs) So (laughs) that did not bring him joy. (laughs) That did not bring him joy. Um, That's my. Hilarious. It's probably why I've never gone to watch indoor <laughs> soccer because that's my only remembering like, thing I know about no, indoor thank soccer you. <laughs> is that, that is not a great combination. Yeah, that's uh, super that's fun. <laughs> well, uh, the thing that is bringing me joy right now is a direct result of my friendship with you. And that is that after a long hiatus, I have, this is going to sound so silly, y'all, but it's bringing me joy, is that I have started polishing my nails again. Yes. Um, I never did that in my whole life. Years ago, when I first became friends with Carolyn, Caroline, um, um, she always had her nails painted and she kind of encouraged me to do that. I did it for a while and then I stopped for a long time. And then recently I bought this like whole set of um, new polishes as just this sort of extravagant it's not really extravagant, but it felt kind of extravagant gift myself. And every time I take the time to stop and polish my nails, it gives me joy for days to look at them. And I think of you every time. It's like my 
one fun thing in life that will always be connected to you. So that's awesome. That's your legacy. It just just makes you feel good. It does. You know, when you have your nails painted. Yeah. That's awesome. It does. It makes such a difference. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So without further ado, I am going to pass the control over to you and you get to start our conversation. Good. I'm excited. Okay. I am really excited. I feel like this is an excuse just to sit down and for me to glean some of your wisdom, which okay, I'm we'll really see. looking forward to. We'll <laughs> I basically live my life by this idea that if I can get as much wisdom from other people, then I can bypass some heartache, hopefully. That's, That's super smart. basically how I live my yeah. life. Yeah. So far, it's worked out pretty good. And so I'm really excited for you to share wisdom on this episode, just about things that you've learned the hard way, the easy way, whatever, so that maybe we can learn some stuff and kind of bypass some of that. So that's kind of where I want to start is that I would love if you would tell us something that you have learned, maybe the hard way, but if we could hear this wisdom from you, if us younger women could mm-hmm. hear that from you, then we could just kind of bypass some of that heartache. Mm-hmm. What is what is some wisdom that you've mm-hmm. learned the hard way? What's something you wish you could teach to your younger self? Yeah. Now that you're a little bit older. Okay. First, I want to say how we're using the word wisdom a lot, but like how wise are you to recognize, hey, if I can learn hard things from someone else without having to go through myself, that's a good thing because, yeah, there – I see lots of people who are like, no, no, I would rather suffer myself and learn the hard that way. True, and, I guess. Oh, you're like, oh, <laughs> if only you would listen. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, there's takes all kinds, right? Okay. So great. Great question. Um, and that's actually something I think about a lot because um, in my role in women's ministry, I spend a lot of time with younger women, um, well, all kinds of women. And I would say one, the thing that comes to the top of my mind, one thing that if I could teach my younger self or um, any other younger woman is um, the first one is about boys. And with every fiber of my being, something I wish that I had understood even um, as a high school student um, is that to pay attention to red flags um, when you get to like a boy or when you're dating someone. I think it would have um, saved me a lot of heartache. It would save a lot of other people a lot of heartache. Um, I promise, promise, promise something I have learned is that it is better to be lonely. It is better to feel like you are the only girl in the room at school on the entire face of the planet without a boyfriend or a husband than it is to be um, either involved with or married to the wrong person. Um, I feel like I would say to myself, listen, God gave you a heart and a brain and intuition for a reason. I use it. Um, One of the hardest things that I do in my job in women's ministry is walk alongside someone who has married someone who they knew there were some big red flags and they ignored them. And now they're in a really, 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 really tough marriage. And it is what it is. And they make the best of it. But, you know, and and at that point, it is God's will because they have married them. But if they had listened to some red flags and maybe had the confidence to say, you know what, 
but being alone is hard, but this just might be harder. I just think it would save a lot um, of heartaches and not explain those things away and just to not ex- ignore your own intuition because um, I just think intuition is from the Lord. Anyway, yeah, uh, that it would be about boys. Just be smart. I mean, my mom, I remember my mom when I was younger would say, use your head, use your head. Um, and that was great advice. If I could tell my younger self something, use your head for real. Use your head, especially when it comes to boys. So, yeah. I love that. And something that I love about that is that sometimes when we're in the moment, like I am the younger woman. And yeah. when I'm in that moment, the feelings kind of overcome yes. your head, you know. But I love that we can hear from you right now who you are removed from that and you're just using your wisdom. Yeah. You're just using your God-given wisdom yeah. out of the feelings. And you can tell us with wisdom. Yeah. Pay attention to those red flags. Okay, and I am 49 years old, and I will tell you that I can still feel and put myself in the exact same moment in time, sitting on the front porch, sitting in a car, whatever, on a date, and feel that exact feeling of, he's not as nice to me as he should be. Um, He doesn't treat me the way I probably ought to be treated. Um, I think... I probably shouldn't be in this relationship, but if I just keep at it, he's going to really like me. If this, if this, like I, you wouldn't think after all these years I could still feel that, but I promise I do. But with the wisdom of age comes that if I could just hold that younger version of me and say, this is not worth it. You are, God made you for more than this. That's what I would tell myself all day long. Yeah, that's so good. Someone told me one time that you'd rather be single for five more years than married to the wrong person for 50. Yes. I thought that was a good way to put it because I was like, that puts it into perspective. Yes. You're so right. I'd rather break up now than be married to this wrong person for the rest of my life. And I think one of the things about being older is, and again, I I recognize this too, is, (laughs) you know, when you're like 20, like five years seems like forever. And thinking of yourself as a 30-year-old seems forever away. And the idea of being single for another five years or single forever, whatever, seems impossible in a huge amount of time. But when you look back at it, it actually isn't nearly as long as you thought it was. And that feels a little, I don't know, trite, but it's also the truth. It's true. It's true. So if you're listening to this and you think, oh, no, I have already married somebody that maybe I shouldn't have or I'm already in a hard marriage, I hope that um, you won't go to a sense of guilt or shame or despair or hopelessness because that is not the way the kingdom of God works. In the kingdom the depth of God's love and power to bring change in a marriage, to bring change into our own hearts, can restore and redeem anything, even in the midst of hard things. It often brings us closer to Him. God has done that in my own life in a lot of ways. He can do that for you, uh, both in good and in hard circumstances. So just if you're in that place where you think, okay, that decision's already been made, um, don't despair. There is no sense of hopelessness. God is bigger than all of those things. And so, um, yeah, just know that and take confidence and hope in that, that God can restore 
all of our broken places. So that's some wisdom that we can put into play immediately. Thank mm-hmm. you. You have hopefully saved some people some heartache. I, I hope so. Uh, I hope yes. that's the one thing that's, that I come yes. out of this is, is, listen, if you're dating someone and he's yeah. kind of a jerk, break up today <laughs> and do not look Right at. now. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, but some wisdom really can kind of only be learned from experience. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. there's things that you could look into my life and tell me, but uh-huh. I don't know that I would actually learn them unless uh-huh. I experienced it. But so I want to hear just what are some of those things that you learned and uh-huh. the wisdom you gained uh-huh. just by going through like your 20s, 30s, yeah. some of your 40s. Yeah. Um, what do I have to kind of look forward to as I go through the 20s, 30s and I mature some? And what are some of those lessons that you learned? Yeah, that's such a great question. I think one maybe big thing, and I'm totally still working on it at the end of my 40s, but I am way better at it now than I was before, is You know, when the Bible talks about taking your thoughts captive and then also about renewing your mind day by day, you really can do those things. I think I I spent a lot of years thinking, yeah, that's a – I understand that's what we should do, but I don't really know how to do it because my feelings felt so much more powerful and my thoughts felt so much more powerful than my ability to – give them over to the Lord. Um, I have spent way too much time in my life being mad at people, ruminating on the unfairness of a situation, uh, being sad at life situations, um, being, I was a um, teacher in um, a really, uh, in a couple of different communities, um, with some students in really tough life situations, and I would just um, worry so much and be so sad about their lives. And that is, um, I think that's a, a, a fine response, but I would leave it at that, at being mad, at being angry, at being worried, at whatever. It really hasn't been until my 40s that I've learned that practice of catching myself early on and those thoughts st- Stopping that cycle of rumination and then just praying, even if it's a short prayer, and saying, Lord, I am so sad and worried about this kid and this situation. I can't fix it. I can't change it. But you can. Would you do what only you can do? Or I am so mad at this person. I cannot stop being mad. I can't stop thinking about what has happened and what they've done. I can't do that, but would you stop it and would you do it and would you help me to just learn to pray for them or whatever the situation is. I am learning to and have learned to break that cycle of worry, anger, anxiety, whatever. I'm not perfect at it, but by praying in the moment, um, and letting the Lord reset my mind. And it has, I have to do it over and over. I have to do it all the time. I have to practice it a lot. But it has increased my sense of well-being, my sense of peace um, to, to an extent that I, I don't even think I can express um And I don't even know that that's the only way that you take your thoughts captive or the only way that you renew your mind. 
But for me, the difference in the way that I can let things go and give them to the Lord by just that simple practice is a night and day difference from the way I, the way my mind works now than it did in my 20s and 30s. Yeah, that's so good. I feel like you're describing being content. Yeah. Which is amazing because that gives me hope. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm still a little bit in that spot. Of, yes. You know, this makes me really angry. Yeah. This is, I'm really jealous of this yeah. or whatever and discontent. Yes. And I want to be content. Yeah. I would say that. I, I, I am far more content in my late 40s than I've ever been in my life. And and that sounds like something I want. Yeah. You know, I, I want that. Yeah. How do you think that you learned to take those thoughts captive? Like, what was the difference between when you were 20 and 30 and it was a little more difficult? Um, Some really good counseling. Okay. Always, truly. Um, I'm always a big proponent of good counseling. Um, some really great Bible study and mentors that um, helped me put that scripture into action. Watching older women in my own life who seemed to not be as angry or worried mm. as I was. Um, I would watch them and kind of see what they did. You know, one thing I've noticed in my life is particularly with much older women, I would say um, maybe women who are, I would put in the category of elderly, they seem, okay, this is an overgeneralization maybe, but I find that many elderly women will fall into one of two categories. They are either really kind of um, angry, Mm -hmm. grumpy, unhappy Mm -hmm. with the world or have this deep, deep well of peace and stillness that I don't have. And when I started identifying that, I would start kind of really paying attention and trying to seek out, um, I would find them basically at church, um, those women with that deep well of stillness and contentment. And kind of just listen to them, watch them really closely, talk to them, even ask them specific questions. Many times I would notice they wouldn't necessarily be able to articulate exactly how they had come to that piece. But if you just would have conversations with them, little snippets of wisdom would come out and I would realize that's basically what they had been able to do is um, cast their cares on on the Lord over and over uh, where they weren't carrying it on their own and also just kind of realizing that life is hard and God is good and and not expecting or continuing to hope that life was always going to get better, but just kind of to take it as it is and know that God was there with them in it. So, you know, I feel like I'm in that middle ground. Like, you know, there's always somebody younger than mm-hmm. you. There's always somebody older than you. Um, and for me, that very purposely watching the kind older women and and seeking out the ones that I thought that's who I want to be one day. Mm-hmm. And then um, just trying to dig in and figure out what their secret sauce was. That's where I figured out some of those things. I love that. A couple of things Mm -hmm. I loved was that you said you very purposely were looking for them. And you said counseling. And what I'm hearing is that it takes work. So much work. 
it takes work time. to become who you want to be. I look at you and I hear from you and I want to be like you. I think that you are a lot like the Lord and very wise. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm a little bit older, you know, just like a couple years older like you, um, I want to be more like you. But I like to hear that that takes intentionality. Mm -hmm. You don't just become more wise because you become older. Okay. That is a great point. You don't. Because I know plenty of women my age. Mm if I'm being honest, who aren't really any wiser than they were when they were yeah. younger. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. you do. It does take a lot of work and a lot of intentionality. And I think I discovered that, honestly, in counseling um, probably in my late 20s where uh, maybe I would have figured that out on my own. Maybe somebody else would have um, told me that. Maybe it would have clicked just by the power of the Holy Spirit. But it did click with me late 20s, early 30s that it was going to be purposeful and intentional work. And it has been, and it's been worth it. And I'm committed to continuing that mm. work, hopefully, till the day I die. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I mean, I hope in 10 years, I look back at 40, at 59, I hope I look back at 49 and I'm like, oh my gosh, I know so much more now than I knew Yes, then. yes. That's a kind of a cool thought to have. Yeah. I like that. Okay, so you said in your 40s, you've been more content. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do you, have you liked about your 40s or maybe learned in your 40s? I have heard that 40s are like some of the best years. For sure. And so... Um, I'm interested, have been for me. Yeah, I'm interested yeah. to hear about what's something that you've kind of loved about that. Maybe yeah. something that I have to look forward yeah. to. Yeah, um, I think I'm a way more confident than I was in my 20s and 30s. I, maybe for the first time in my whole life, I'm just willing to be who God made me to be. Um, I don't really think anymore about, I used to spend a lot of time kind of daydreaming about who I wish I was, mm-hmm. um, what I wished I looked like, what I wished my skill sets were, what I, what city I wished I lived in, how I wished I were more athletic, that I, you know, all of these like pop, more popular, more pretty, smarter, um, w- whatever, whatever. I, I don't know how much other people do that because I think there's a lot of shame in that mm-hmm. and a lot of I have a feeling most of us do that in some way, and most of us probably don't articulate that a lot because mm-hmm. that's a real um, – when we admit that to other people, it's really admitting I don't really like who I am. Um, I did that a lot when I was very young. I'd say part of me was fairly confident in who I was, but there was a big piece of me that always wanted to be something different. I always looked at other people and thought, I wish I were more like that for whatever reason that's just gone. It's just gone. I just am who I am now. Um, I am who God, I am the way God made me. I play into my strengths. I know what those are. Instead of spending a lot of time and energy wishing I was something different, I have learned to develop those strengths because I know they're from the Lord. I might as well use them. Um, I think I realized that all of those things that I wished I were earlier wasn't what God created to me, me to be. So that wasn't honoring to him. If he had wanted me to be um, really outgoing and tall and blonde and athletic, he would have made me that and he would have allowed me to use that for something else. He made me exactly the way I was and put me where I am and the family I'm in and the whatever for a purpose. And gosh, he's 
done really more with my life than I ever would have imagined. I mean, the truth is he's taken me places that are above and beyond what I kind of ever hoped for myself. So anyway, yeah. Now, with that comes... um, you know, there's a lot of things with age that are harder. Like, yeah, there's just things that are harder. But I would rather have the things that are harder, like the physical things that are harder, and have with it the um, contentment mm-hmm. with who I am than vice versa. Yeah, yeah. You're making some, the 40s sound very freeing. I would like to be in my 40s right now. Yeah, they really, you. honestly, they have been. Yeah, it they sounds freeing yeah. and wonderful. That's a great word. I'm not sure I've ever used it before, but I have... They are very freeing. I think a prayer that I'm going to have for the people that listen to this is that they would even find that freedom even younger. Absolutely, because I didn't need to wait this long to realize that God made me exactly the way he made me for his purposes. I I didn't need to wait this long. If I had discovered that, realized that, and been content with that in my early 20s, how much heartache would that have saved me? And I do look at um, some young women who I think, oh, you have it already. Mm, you mm-hmm. already have that. And the the confidence that they have, and I don't mean confidence in themselves because they've got it all together or, you know, they are that like 1% of whatever it is, but that just sort of, I am the Lord's and he is mm-hmm. mine and I'm going to be who he made me to be. I, yeah, that would have been something I could have changed if I could. It, it is what it is. And I guess you just pray that God can, you know, he would redeem those mm-hmm, years yeah. of wishing I was something mm-hmm. different. You know, hey, maybe in this podcast, somebody will, like you said, recognize, mm-hmm. maybe I can get to that lesson a little earlier. So, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And thank yeah. you for sharing about uh, that shame of just wishing you were someone you're not. And because I think you're right. I think a lot of people, probably most, feel that and think that but would never say that yeah because it feels shameful it does. but i think that's a lot of what the enemy lies and says hey don't tell anyone that that would be shameful yeah and then you're stuck in thinking that and feeling that yeah. and no one knowing yeah um, and i think sometimes it's like it's your friends right like you see your friends and you think i i I, when I first really noticed it is I had a, uh, my, like my best friend in middle school, um, was a lot of things that I wanted to be. And we had a great friendship, but I also was, had a lot of, I guess, jealousy of her in a lot of ways. And I could never say to her, I wish I were like you in this way, this way, and this way, but I struggled with it Mm -hmm. internally and yeah, I guess you would say that there was a lot of shame involved in that. And then to me, the older you get, you almost expect that when you're in like middle school or high school, right? But then the older you get, you know, when you're 30 and you think, yeah, I'm still jealous of that person (laughs) or not that person at that point, but you know, the lady that lives across the street from me or the gal that sits with me across, you know, my small group at Bible study or whatever, then it really started to feel shameful that like, shouldn't I be past this by now? Mm-hmm. I wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plenty now. of people aren't. So I yeah. almost never ever do it anymore. So there's hope. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. That's so cool yeah. that God has just kind of yeah. freed you from that yeah. and and stuff like that. Um, okay, so we've heard a lot about your 40s, but I am in my very early 30s. Yes. So I do want to hear a little bit about your 20s and 30s. Maybe something that you, looking back, want to tell 
us younger women who are in our 20s and 30s, what is unique about this time mm-hmm. and what maybe should we cherish while we're in this Ooh, time? I think that's a great question because actually I did lot, enjoy lots of my 20s and 30s, but here's what I would tell you. Um, you've got a lot of time ahead of you. Use it. Use it. If you don't like the career you're in, if you thought you loved um, your major and you're in a career, you don't like it, get a new one. Just do it. Um, if you want to learn a new skill, if you want to learn how to play indoor soccer, if you want to learn a new hobby, do it. You, ha- you have more um, time and energy now than you ever will, I promise. And I have no doubt almost everybody listening to this is super busy. You still have a ton more um, time and energy, at least energy, <laughs> than you <laughs> ever will. And you have so many years ahead of you. Like, don't, don't waste this time. Make the change. Do the thing. Learn the skill. Pursue the hobby. Um, just go for whatever it is. Like, And then if you do it for a year and you think, nope, that wasn't right either, that's fine. Do something else too. I mean, you know, change it again. But it feels sometimes, I think, daunting that to to think I need, it will take me three years to go back to school and get this training for something else. But it will go faster Mm -hmm. than you think. And 10 years down the road, you'll be so glad you did. Um, yeah. So anyway, the other thing I would say, and this is going to, I also feel like this is like one of those, I feel like a lot of things I'm saying today as I was, we were preparing for this, I thought all of this sounds like either a self-help book or like just the most cliche thing ever, or like the things that like my mom or whatever would have said that I would have rolled my eyes and been like, okay, but they're also true. But like, um, I would just say cherish your physical resiliency. If you have good health, if you're blessed with good health at the age you're at, um, (laughs) it really is such a gift. Like, um, you will miss it when it's gone. Um, I am in decent health for my late 40s, uh, but I promise you there is not one thing I can do to excess now that I don't feel Mm. big time. If I don't get enough sleep, it hurts so bad (laughs) the next day. Like, used to be able to, you know, get by on just a few hours of sleep. And it wasn't fun, but I could function fine. I don't really function nearly as fine anymore. I can't remember anything. Um, If I go to Mexican food now and I eat too much salt, I blow up like a puffer fish (laughs) for the whole next day and I can't wear my wedding ring. And I am not kidding you. If I eat too much sugar, I feel terrible. If I hike too long, I hurt for days. Like, okay, yeah, your body just changes. Cherish your physical resiliency. And Maybe I'm not saying do things to excess now, but I'm just saying if you do them to excess, whatever the thing is, not the bad things, just the normal things like hiking and sugar and salt and not sleeping enough, um, know that you're snapping back faster than you ever will and enjoy that. Yes. Well, what I'm thinking right now is, okay, (laughs) I've got to stop complaining because I complain about, oh, I'm tired or, oh, I'm so, you know, or whatever. And I think to myself, right, I'm kind of in my prime You are. You know, and so I've got to stop complaining now because I need to enjoy it now and be thankful now instead of doing the complaining. Yeah. I don't know when that changed. Like the first time, you know, like you eat, I've eaten Mexican food my whole life. I've lived in Texas my whole life. And wherever it started changing where like you eat Mexican, food and the next day you're just like 
your whole body is bloated. I'm like, when did this like, happen? What happened? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what happened here? But anyway, it just uh, kind of cracks me up. Yeah. Um, okay. I've loved hearing about just wisdom from you, maturing, different decades of life and things like that. But I have gotten to work with you and mm. be friends with you yeah. for almost close, getting close to a decade now, which Aww. is awesome. And so I want to ask you some specific things about who you are that I think all the listeners could benefit from. Okay. Um, something that I, the first thing that comes to mind that I adore about you is your authenticity. You're just one of the most authentic people that I know, no matter the circumstance, no matter who's around, um, no matter the day. And so I want to hear about that from you. This world is getting really good at putting on masks, whether that's because of social media or whatever. Um, you have stayed authentic. And so I just want to hear from you, why is authenticity important? And how can we as younger women stay authentic? Just what do you have to say about that? I yeah. want to know about your ways of authenticity. That's a really great question. Um, it's a complicated answer, I think, a little bit. I will, first of all, thank you. That is a um, huge compliment to me because it is very important to me. And that's that means a lot to me that you would say that. Um, it's it's really important to me, especially as a, a leader in a kind of a really, I guess I have a, a fairly public kind of role. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of alluded to this earlier a little bit, but, um, you know, and wanting to like where I would look around at other people and want to be like them. But um, I really have a lot of my life looked around at other women and thought, hey, you you have it all together. You just look so put together. Um, and I would feel less than them, feel like I could never be like you, feel like, um, what is it that you have that I don't? Like, how do you have that kind of life? How have you managed that? And what I began to realize, honestly, probably not until my late 20s, is that it turns out lots of people, there are plenty of people that do have it put together, but there's not a single person that has it all mm -hmm. put together that doesn't have some well of pain in their life of one kind or another. Everybody has some area of hardship. Everybody has struggles. Everybody has hard things. Um, whether you're a spiritual giant, whether you are a supermodel, whatever your thing is, um, whether you work super, walk super closely with the Lord or not. Um, and so for me, authenticity is really important and it is a really um, deliberate choice because I want everyone around me to know that I am a real person with real struggles. I may have this um, role at the church that people look up to or whatever. Um, and in this kind of role, I think other people could look at me, particularly if they don't know me well, and think she looks like she has it together. Mm -hmm. So what I want people to know is, yes, I walk with the Lord. Um, and... It, it, <laughs> Yes, I have some wisdom to offer and whatever, but I also have a lot of hard things in my life and I also struggle. And I want you to, I want to just be honest with you about that. Um, and I want to even share some of those with you um, so that you can know that um, 
we're all in this together, um, that we can all go to the Lord with our hard stuff. Um, I just, I made a decision to be myself. I want to demonstrate that we can both walk with the Lord and be sad. We can both walk with the Lord closely and struggle with depression or be unsure of what's next or not have all the answers. Um, one of the things I try to do with the, um, with my staff team is try so hard to not act like I'm the only one in the room with all the answers Mm -hmm. because that's just not the case. Like God gave us all gifts and we really should be working on them. I don't know. We we ought to be working together more as a body. Um, Nobody has it all. So yeah, I'm going to be honest with you um, as much as I can. Um, Purposeful in telling you the things that are hard. Uh, now, uh, here's one thing, though, that I will say about authenticity. It is I, when I made that conscious decision to be very authentic in my public and private life, and I say public life, like in my role here at the church, I had to figure out what authenticity was and what it isn't. And, and I had to kind of put this line down. Okay, authenticity is not sharing every sin struggle um, that I have or making light of it at all. Um, It's not making excuses for my sin, and it's not indiscriminately sharing all my trauma. It's choosing over and over again just to be honest about my shortcomings, my struggles, my fears, my failures. It's letting people in, asking people to pray for me. Um, It's telling people, hey, this is hard for me too. I've gone to the foot of the cross. You do that with me. Um, It's telling people I need help. It is um, being a part of a community. Um, It's letting people call me out on my sin and being humble enough to say you're right. Um, It's showing sadness when I'm sad and tiredness when I'm tired and saying, I, I need some encouragement here. Um, I just try not to put on a facade. I don't know. That's a long rambling answer, but it's something I've thought about a lot. Is there anything else? I don't know. Well, I just think what I hear is that in your life and in all of our lives, it could be authenticity is a way to make much of Jesus yes. and less of yourself. That's, that's so good. That's just what I hear you saying is like, yeah, when I'm authentic— People aren't looking at me, yeah, praising me, worshiping me, thinking I have it all together. Yes. People are able to say, oh, she doesn't have it all together, but she knows the one who does. Yeah. And I don't have it all together. Maybe I could know the one who does yes. as well. That's so well said. Um, gosh, that's a great way to encapsulate it. And I think that is the heart behind it, which I couldn't quite put my finger on when I was thinking about this. Is we were preparing this um I told you at the top of this that I was like, oh, it's way harder to answer these questions than to ask them. Um, And so I, uh, a couple of days ago, was thinking so hard about this answer because I could could identify, yeah, this is super important to me and sort of why, but I couldn't put my finger quite on that. And that is exactly why, like, um, we did a big event at church a a couple of weeks ago and um, a couple of women came up to me and were like, oh my gosh, you did such a great job and this is so good and whatever. And like, I'm compelled to say, thank you. Um, Yeah, this is good. But you also need to know, literally, we have some eggs and a box of cereal in the house and that's all we've been eating. (laughs) And I have not one pair of socks or underwear that are clean in the house after today. Like, I just need you to know. Yes. um, And that, 
I just need you to know that I can't do it all. And so don't look at me and think this person somehow does it all. I can't do it all. I can't do it all. I may have done this piece well right now, but there's a lot of other pieces right now that aren't done. So when you don't have it all together either, we're all in this together. Well, that is so helpful because I think we look, especially if I look at older women and I think, yeah. oh my goodness, they make this amazing meal for their families every yes. night. Their kids are dressed so beautifully at church every Sunday and they have it all together. And then the comparison comes in. Yes. Kind of what we were talking about earlier. Then yeah. there's that shame of, oh, I don't, yeah. I'm not that good at that or yeah. I don't look like that or whatever. Yeah. There's that comparison and it's just kind of like a snowball effect. Then yeah. I don't want to be authentic. Then yes. I want to act like I have it all yeah. together. So yeah. I just love that you're saying, like, I don't have it all together. The Lord will use me in certain ways. I can't do it all. Yes. I need Him. Yes. And for whatever reason, God has compelled me to say those things. And then sometimes I'll go back home later and I'm like, did I really need to share that I don't have any clean underwear? Probably not. It's one of but the most fine. endearing things about you, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> relatable. Yeah. It's relatable. Yeah. So sometimes I do, like, struggle with that. Where is that line in authenticity? But um, yeah, I just think it is who he's called me to be is to, um, is for people to, to know that we all struggle. Things are all hard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's super helpful. Yeah. Well, so I know you as a super authentic person. I also would say that you're an extremely faithful person. Gosh, thanks for saying that. I think that you are faithful to people. Uh, but, you know, the one that takes the cake is that you have been faithful to the Lord, that you have, I, I've seen you go through hard things in life. I've seen you struggle with unfortunate circumstances and hard seasons, but you have continually clung to Jesus during that time. And so I want to know, how have you kept that love for Jesus, especially in the hard times? It's a great question. And thanks for saying that again. That's so kind. Um, I think the honest truth is that he has held me. I'm prone to wander. Um, I have actually never struggled with, for whatever reason, I have never struggled with a uh, having a hard time believing that he's real. I've never had those like, is this real? Is what he's saying true? Um, I've just never had those kind of questions. I've never had those kind of questions since I started walking with the Lord when I was about 17. Just don't know why. But I am prone to wander from abiding with him. Um, and I've just seen over and over again how he has held on to me, how he has called me back, how he has um, kind of wooed me, how he's showed himself to me in these small ways when I kind of feel like I've been floundering. Um, he has bound up and wounded, uh, healed my wounded and broken heart more times than I can count. Um, life is hard, and he has done that for me. Um, I will say the thing that has saved me is that I have pretty much never let go of the habit of staying in the Word. Um, I've never let go of the habit of staying involved in my church um, and of being a part of some kind of small group. There have been times where I have done all of those things and not felt anything when I have done them. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been times where I have done them only a tiny bit. Like I'm a church, but I am my mind is wandering and I'm having a hard time staying with it. I am reading 
scripture, but I hardly even know what I'm reading. Um, I am at this small group, and I wish I were anywhere but here. Um, not off, I mean, off and on through the years, you know, not for terribly prolonged times, but for whatever reason, he has used the act of me continuing to do that to kind of always draw me back into truly abiding with him. I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, it's, it's kind of tethered yeah. him, tethered me to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, ag- again, kind of what I hear you saying is like, it's not necessarily about you. It's about him. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is awesome. I think it, do- it t- took some faithfulness. You do have to yeah. get into your word. You do have to go to church yeah. and all that. Yeah. Um, but he kind of was showing up and bringing you back into his flock. He, and- yes. Because I think I know myself well enough that if I didn't maintain those habits, um, I I would never not believe, but I could probably wander pretty mm-hmm, far. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. I do want to ask, because um, you say, you know, like it's always been fairly easy for mm-hmm. you to believe and um, and that he has just kind of tethered you to mm-hmm. him. And is I, I do want to ask just kind of a sidebar question here yeah. about that is what would you say to maybe a younger woman who's listening to this right now and they don't necessarily feel like that? Yeah. They don't necessarily feel like either it's easy to believe or that he is holding them, that he's drawing them in. Maybe they feel like he's kind of let let them go yeah. or, or given up on yeah. them. What would you say to them? There's something I've thought about a ton because I have um, – walked closely with a friend for a number of years who struggles mightily with this exact issue. And so, and, um, and it's, uh, she and I have struggled some in our friendship, uh, because that's not a hard thing for me. And so I think in the first years I was like, well, what's the problem? You just do it. You got this. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And then, and I, I think my heart has softened as I have watched her struggle because she, she doesn't want Mm. to feel far from the Lord. I I realize that now. Um, Yeah. So anyway, it is something I've thought about a lot. And I think, oof, again, this is one of those that's going to sound cliche, Mm. but what it comes down to is that it's not about how we feel. Um, Mm. My feelings lie to me. Her feelings lie to her. All of our feelings lie to us. Um, Whether or not we feel like God is with us, If we are believers, if we are Christians, the truth is his Holy Spirit dwells within us. And so he is with us. And his word says he will never leave us or forsake us. Um, And his word is true. And life can be so, so hard. I mean, okay, here's another thing I'd tell my 20-something self that I would never have known before, that you can do all the things right. You can walk with the Lord. You can marry a good guy, which I did. You can work hard in your career, which I did. You can have good friends and be a good friend. You can more or less take good care of your body. Um, and still there is going to be hard things with your health and with relationships and with the world around you. And people are going to let you down and um, you're going to get, I just, there's just a really, really hard things are going to happen no matter how hard you work to do all things right. And I think for, um, I think I was like continually surprised by that until maybe my mid to late thirties, like what the heck? Like 
I'm really working hard to do the right things here. And I, you know, I think I was always kind of that, um, I, I was a fairly good kid, a success, you know, you know, made good grades, worked hard, you know, teachers liked me, all of that stuff. And, and for some reason, I had this idea that you do those things, then after I became a Christian, you work hard to pursue the Lord, you do the things that you're taught mm-hmm. to do that equal faithfulness, and then that equals life more or less working out for you. And then life just starts knocking you down, <laughs> like that are not fair, that are out of your control, that... Um, yeah, just all of those things. And I, for a long time, I thought, dude, what, what's happening here? And I, I think I finally came to that conclusion that life's hard in a fallen world. Mm-hmm. It is just hard in a fallen world. I am much less surprised when mm-hmm. hard things happen now, which is another one of those, I think it's given me a little bit of resiliency. Um, uh, and that does also probably come with some of that counseling and whatever is um when you expect that, I don't even know if this is the right way to think or not, but when you kind of ex- low-key expect, for the most part, life is sort of hard, mm-hmm. but God is always good. You're you're not surprised when the hard things come, and then you're sort of really grateful for when you have those stretches that are easier. Um, okay, so I'm, I'm diverging a little bit, but the bottom line is that— <sighs> Sometimes I think we feel like God isn't holding us or isn't pursuing us or isn't with us because life is hard. Mm. Life being hard does not mean he's not with us. It just means that we live in a fallen world Mm. and life is hard. And so life can be hard and he is with us at the same time. Um, So I would maybe just say don't equate the unfairness of life with God being distant um, and don't equate you feeling numb or distant from the Lord with him being distant. I mean, I was saying earlier that there have been stretches where I would sit in church and go through the motions and I didn't feel him. And so you rely on what you know to be true in scripture and you just keep relying on it and feeding yourself that truth until finally it starts to uh, click emotionally maybe again or just whatever that is where you feel it. Mm-hmm. Um I think he's much more present probably than we ever realize. I think he's much more full of grace than we ever realize. Um, Actually, I'm really convinced of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I see that in hindsight. It's so often. I feel like uh, one of my favorite – I've been married for 26 years, and I think – my one of my favorite things about marriage is do you build up that shared history together or long friendships? You know, I've had now some friendships for well, 30 something years. And my favorite things about those are that is that built history together of shared experiences. And I've been walking with the Lord since I was 17. And now what I have that makes it easier when I don't feel the Lord's presence is a shared history together of being able to look back at times when I didn't feel him there, but in hindsight, I saw that he was, and I saw where he was with me, and I saw how he carried me through. And so each, the honest truth is, the older I get, each time that I go through one of those stretches where I just feel numb or like I don't care, not that I don't care about him, but Mm. it's just like, I don't even want to do this, that there's a piece of me in the back of my mind that knows just keep doing the right thing, and this will eventually get better. I love that. 
All that reminds me of that verse, uh, in this world you will have trouble. Yeah. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Yes. It's like, you will. Yep. Don't be surprised. Yep. But yep. I've overcome it. Yeah. So I'm here for you. Yeah. It's not based off your feelings or your circumstances. Yeah. It's based off who I am. Yep. That's good. I yeah. really like that. And sometimes we go through things that just don't even get better this side of heaven. Yeah. And um, again, you know, we talked about that time thing earlier that like when you're 20, being 30 seems like a bazillion years off. I know even now, if I live a long life, mm-hmm. heaven seems like a bazillion years off. But the truth is it is coming. Yeah. And he is going to heal all wounds then. And that's going to last a lot longer than this life does. Mm-hmm. And so... It is. It is coming. Yeah. It's so encouraging that one day all of this will just seem like a little mist. It will. It is encouraging. It's kind of encouraging, yeah. I think. Um, okay. Now, I have been, I would say, spoiled Aww. by the fact that we work in the same place, that we're friends outside mm-hmm. of work, but we also work in the same place. And that's and how so, we became friends. Yes, at work. Yeah. Yeah. And so it has been really an honor and and just very lucky of me to have your office door kind of always open to me for mentorship, encouragement, just a safe place that I could go. Um, I think that having a mentor specifically in the workplace is important yeah. and kind of a unique thing. Yeah. And so I was wondering, what would you say to younger women who are looking for a mentor specifically in their workplace? Yeah. Probably, they probably don't work at a church like yeah. we do, Yeah. but in their work workplace that want a mentor. What do you have to say to them? So I would say work at a church, work at the bank, work anywhere. Having a mentor is highly, highly valuable. Um, Yeah. I would say look for um, somebody who you look at them and you think, I'd like to be like that person, um, whether it's her job skills, um, even if she doesn't do the exact same thing with you, like that person does what she does with excellence and she really likes what she does. Um, her character, how she gets along with other coworkers, does she um, mm, befriend other women more than she competes with other women. Um, not that competition can't be a good thing, but you know, like you look for somebody. Uh, do you, are you, that wants other people to succeed? Um, that wants to help other people. Um, just uh, the way I would encapsulate it is: find someone who you want to be like when you grow up. Mm. Um, that's what I have always done in my own life. It's It kind of goes back to that. When I look for much older women, I think you're who I want to be when I grow up. Mm. I want to I go find out how you are who you are. Um, and then I would say just be bold and go start, befriend them. Don't wait. This is a big thing. Um, and I am not a bold person by nature. I have learned to be bolder the older I have gotten. You befriend her as much as you can and and pray that she'd be open to having a friendship with you. If you want somebody to mentor you, I would say befriend her first, see if she was maybe willing, and just ask. And what's the worst that can happen? She could say, I just don't have time. Um, and then maybe she could suggest somebody else. That doesn't mean you can't still watch her carefully and just take note of how she interacts with coworkers, how she um, develops her own skill set, how she, when she gets in the office, when she leaves, how she deals with conflict in the office, whatever. But um, yeah, that would be my biggest thing is 
you pursue other people, you have the confidence to um, watch and learn, and you you ask. Yeah, that's my big that's my big thing there. And I would say it's really valuable and worth doing. Here's another thing I would say is don't be afraid in the sense that you're going to think I'm going to bother them or I'm mm-hmm. going to burden them or they're so busy or whatever. Um, I hear people say that to me all the time. And the truth is, um, I will tell you if I'm too busy mm-hmm. to do something for you, but I am always so glad that you asked. It encourages me. Um, and I may have, um, I may have to say, no, I can't do this for you. But I often have other ideas for you of, I can't do this with you right now, but I know this other amazing woman who I actually think would be a better connection with you. So don't ever be afraid to ask. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, Kind of speaking of that, a little follow-up question I want to ask is, I think a lot of times women my age and younger, kind of like this generation, yeah. A little bit are wondering, well, shouldn't someone come to me yeah. and ask to mentor me? Um, I think development in the workplace, like shouldn't I be being developed? Shouldn't they offer that yeah. at my workplace? Yeah. And so I just didn't know if you had anything to say about maybe initiating it versus like right. hoping it falls in your lap or hoping it's done for you. I, I've thought about this a lot because you're right. I hear that a lot now. Um, in the last few years, I've heard that a lot. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know the answer. I don't know whether um, workplaces should be offering it more or not. Probably, I guess that's probably a yes. But I'm also a really practical person, and if they're not, they're not. And so here is what I would say. Um, For the most part, things don't fall into our lap in this life. Um, If you are looking for professional development and your workplace doesn't provide it or it isn't providing the kind of development you're looking for, go get it. I'd say you get creative. You get resourceful. You you are – listen, whoever is listening to this, I trust that you are a capable, smart woman. You go find what you need. Um, And if you hit a roadblock with the first person you ask to mentor you, go ask somebody else. Or if you hit a roadblock with the first path you take towards professional development, go find another one. There are online courses. There are continued, every place in the world offers, um, you know, classes you can audit, um, uh, you know, online or whatever. There are, there is more than one way to um, pursue professional development. Very, I sound like such a mom here. (laughs) Very little is handed to us. Mm -hmm. If it's something you want, you figure it out and you go get it. Well, I feel like that's such a good like wrap up of the wisdom that you were telling us just about like contentment and that kind of not wishing things were a way that they aren't. It's like, well, if you're not getting it, you're not. So go after it. So I love that answer. It's like, here's my contentment. Here's my, like, I get it. This is how it is. Yeah. But I trust that God has made me into this confident woman. I'm going to go ask yeah. and get some mentorship and yeah. stuff like that. So. And I 100% would not have had that same answer, right? I just said at, at 25 uh, yes. or 30 or, or 35 or even 40. Honestly, I would not have. So there is some wisdom of age. That literally is something that has come much later in my life of, of that. Like, oh, I can figure this yeah, out. Yeah, I like that. I love yeah. that so much. I think yeah. that's going to be really encouraging for some people listening. Um, okay, so I just have one more question okay. for you that I love asking okay. really any like wise mentor type for me. And that's just, what's the Lord teaching you right now? That is such a fun question. Um, patience. 
um, to go at his fun. speed and not mine. I, I have never, ever in my life wanted to pray for patients mm. because um, there are two things I've never wanted to pray for, um, patience or humility, because I feel like the so only way you learn patience and humility is uh, <laughs> by being humbled, which is painful, and by um, things not going at the speed you want them to, or at least the speed I want them to, and that is painful. That's what about good. you? That's good. I feel like that question, what are you learning from the Lord? Yeah, I'd say I feel like I'm learning a lot from the Lord right now. But I think the main thing that he's been teaching me over and over, which also isn't terribly fun, but I think it's going to be a good lesson, is to obey just because I trust him. Oh. Not necessarily because I want to. Oh. I think so a lot of times in my life, like I have always wanted to like love people and give generously. And, you know, like it's just I been do kind of fun or yeah. yeah I want to do that yeah and I just felt like lately the Lord has asked me to do multiple things that I'm like I don't want to do that yes and I've just had to pray and you know I think at first my prayer was change my heart God so that I want to and yeah I don't think that's a bad prayer right but I do think that he kind of was like well also if I don't change your heart are you still going to do it you know, like yes. it was just kind of like, well, how about I change your heart to obey and have faith that obeying me is better? And then maybe we'll change your heart to make you want to do this. Wow, that is mind-blowing. a little bit. I was like, okay, that doesn't sound as fun, but okay, I'll do it. It's, it's, not, it's been a good um, faith, like a testing of my faith. Do I believe that, you know, doing this and that and being obedient and loving and you know, being humble and is worth it and it is God worth it. And so I feel like I've been doing some things that didn't seem so fun, but God's been teaching me about obedience. So I'm pretty sure in the long run, I'm going to be glad about it. Blown. <laughs> Caroline, I can't wait to um, one day when you're 49, you're going to do this and you're going to be like, you're going to be here. Well, there won't be podcasts and there'll be something way better than that. We'll be holograms. Uh, yes, we'll be holograms. <laughs> And you are going to have so much more wisdom than I do right now. And I can't wait to hear you. And then I'll be that elderly woman at that point, looking back and just marveling so at fun. your walk with the Lord and your life. And anyway. That'll be so fun. I love yeah. it so much. Well, can I end by praying yes, for us? Yes, please okay, do. Okay, I'd love to. Father, thank you so much for who you are. I just thank you that whether we are in our 20s, 30s, 40s, 80s, that you have not changed and you never will, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I just thank you that all good and perfect wisdom mm -hmm. is from you. And so I just thank you for Misty's time and for her willingness to share with us what you've taught her. I pray for our listeners and for myself that we would put this wisdom into action, that we would glean from this and get to know you better and grow closer to you and become more like you, maybe even quicker and younger because of this wisdom. And so I just pray that as a result of this conversation today, that you would be glorified, that we would become more like you, that we would know you better, that we would love you more. Um, I thank you for working in our lives and thank you for who you are. In your sense, let me pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more episodes, be sure to follow Encouraged and Equipped.